Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. People, I love you so much, and I'm so thankful that you've tuned into the Have You Heard podcast. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel, and I just I just absolutely adore your life. Y'all are in for a really sweet treat today as we have Cindy Beal on talking about the value that comes from go, taking steps to protect your marriage. What does forgiveness look like? What does it look like to move forward um, in real rebuilding trust whenever trust has been broken? It's going to be some solid, sweet conversation. So friends, faith comes by hearing. Grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Beal, you lovely human. Guys, I've just just met her and I'm already just, she's one of those people that's just easy to talk to, if you know what I mean. So I'm just thankful that you're on. Welcome. Well, thanks so much. You are just a delight to start this uh, day with. So I'm excited. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you. I, I love kicking off a podcast, just getting to hear about you. And so in any way that you'd like to share, tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your story, um, and why you ended up writing a book about healing a broken marriage and about trust being broken. That's a kind of deep, Cindy. A little bit deep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So again, as, as you said, my name is Cindy Beal and I live mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. We, um, my husband and I have been married almost 29 years and we have three sons, we have a daughter-in-law, and we have a granddaughter. And she is the joy of our life. I can't even tell you how much we adore that little girl. And um, and so we're just having a lot of fun with her. Um, my husband and I have been on staff at Life Church for a couple of decades, um, just shy of a couple of decades, and under the leadership of Craig and Amy Groeschel. And so we have just loved being here. I have always been in a supportive role of my husband where he's been the pastor. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then just in January, I was hired on uh, to be a part of our version team, the Bible app that you guys may oh, be yes. aware of. I so, saw that. Yeah, yeah. I so told I, Josh, I was like, you version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. We have a great team uh, and that's a part of the Life Church team. So um, I'm the spiritual support leader. We provide um, prayer and resources mm-hmm. and guidance to people in our version community around the world. So I get to help build a volunteer team that literally has people on every continent, except Antarctica, still working on that one. But it's, um, (laughs) yeah, so it's super fun. So when I said it, we've been here for two decades. So it was, it was the fall of 2001 when we actually came to Life Church, where my husband was kind of interviewing, auditioning, because he was a worship pastor. So we started in January of 02. 
And the reason I wrote the book is because the story I'm about to tell you is is pretty um, intense, but six weeks on the job, he came home one morning and said, babe, we need to talk. Um, Nobody really wants to hear those words, no matter what relationship you're a part of, but he began to tell me that he had been unfaithful to me many times, many different places, many different women. Um, I'd come to find out that it was all stemming from pornography addiction. So it wasn't an office romance. It wasn't an inappropriate relationship. It was from this sin that just began to kind of spiral, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then eventually one day he acted out. And so he was living in his own prison during that time. We were not in Oklahoma at the time, but I knew something was wrong in our marriage. I just didn't know what it was. Something was off, but I couldn't figure it out. And so that was our story. And, you know, there's so much that you and I think we'll dive into, but I just want to say that for me, I had to figure out, was I going to stay or was I going to go? Our, our oldest son was almost, who's about three when all of this happened and he's 22 now. So um, basically I sought God, asked him to give me some guidance. I said, I need to know if I'm supposed to stay with a man that I probably will never trust again. That was kind of my, my mindset. So, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's our story in a nutshell. And obviously we've been married almost 29 years. So, you know, I stayed and wrote the book and actually, um, you know, we've been, we've been healing and helping people along the way for the better part of two decades. That is so heavy. And I, I can't even imagine being not only in his shoes, I bet the I don't even know the energy it probably <laughs> took just to get those words out and share that with you and how long he's probably been thinking about how to deliver such news. And then in your shoes of how do you respond to that? Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Like looking back now, obviously we've we've healed so much and I think we've healed as much as we can, but God continues to heal us as we share our story. But you know, as you're hearing all that stuff that I just shared, the heart, one of the harder parts for me was finding out that one of the women was pregnant and he was pretty sure he was the father. And so when I said I had three sons, the middle one, I always claim that, um, you know, I get an extra son, but I didn't have to get extra stretch marks with him. Um, and I know that some people think, oh, wow. oh, that's kind of weird to say, but, you know, again, he's 19. So we have healed so much and he is, a true joy to me in more ways than you can even imagine. He's my son. And God has even done a redemptive work in all of that, my relationship with his family as well. So are all of us, we're, 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 we're really close and we've trusted God and it's been hard and it's been messy, but God has done a work there as well. So. Wow. Oh, oh, I feel like the words that just come are wow. And oh my goodness, hearing that. (laughs) I think something so powerful is not only that y'all are in the healthy, strong, just restored position that you're in as a couple and as a family, but also that you wrote a book, Healing Your Marriage When Trust is Broken. And I, having written a book, I know that like, you don't just do that in a day. Like that not only takes time and is a thorough process, but also you couldn't have written it at the at the level at which you have without having like gone through the process of believing what you are writing. And for sure, like you had to be ministered before in in order for you to like be able to 
in a healthy way minister to other people in the way that you have through this book. So how did, it's so incredible hearing about just where you're at now, but what did those 19, 20 years look like and how did it turn into a book? Yeah. So when we first, you know, after his confession and he resigned from our church and we kind of began this journey with God and with the right people in our lives, helping us and healing. And um, what's interesting is God told me right away, like, you know, a lot of people say that phrase, God told me, but sometimes I think there are times where we can really be confident. And so for me, there's probably like five, 10 times in my life where I'm like, I'm pretty confident God's telling me to do this. And one of those things was writing this book. And what's funny, this is kind of a backstory, just kind of comical. I did not pass the writing requirements when I was a freshman in high school for my state where I lived. I was grew up in Texas. So like my little testing piece of paper says did not meet minimum writing quality or requirements. And so I think that's so funny that God does that. He uses me. And so what's super awesome is that that. I just kind of began to write. Um, I was writing a little bit before then, but not like write a book, write writing, because that's a Mm -hmm. whole nother level, as you well know. And so I began to just write. And honestly, I thought I would publish, get the book published before it first did. So let me just tell your listeners that so the my book healing your marriage when trust is broken was first released in 2011 this year for the 10 year anniversary we're my publisher we're re-releasing it new cover and it will have the same book but it will have added content at the end of each chapter and then a final new chapter so it's still essence the same book just with kind of a makeover if you will and so Mm -hmm. when when it published in 2011, I just, just, I didn't think it would take that long. So it was like, we were nine years into our journey. But what we found was that all those years, we needed those years, we needed to be in the crock pot cooking, Mm -hmm. if you will, we needed God to be doing that work in us. Because if I had written the book in 2002, and then it was published in 2004, like, what is that? I mean, am I really able to give you a good picture of our healing journey? And so nine years in is a, is a much better picture of where we were. So, um, so yeah, but you know, you asked the question about what if the last 19 to 20 years look like, and I will tell you the early years were hard, obviously, because you're dealing with a broken heart. You're dealing with uh, addiction on my husband's part. You're dealing with freedom or a lack of freedom. You're dealing with um, betraying people and then building trust and how do you forgive? So all those ugly, hard things. And as we begin to process through those, God just continued to heal us. And he told us, like, you're going to help other people. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others, right? Like that is the spiritual pay it forward kind of way. And so that's what we yeah. began doing. And with every couple, with every woman I spoke to, with every time we did something together as a couple, helping others, God healed our hearts. And so I can yeah. literally tell you, I don't know what other healing could come on this side of heaven, but I'm sure God will bring more about. And that's why, you know, some of, I was, I kind of tease a little bit that, you know, people who hear my story for the first time, usually their jaws are on the, you know, they're like, 
what? And then I can tell the story. I can stand on the stage. I can do a podcast. I can tell it without any flinching. And then I can be like, hey, you guys want to get some key lime pie? You know, like it just is my, it's just so natural for me because God has done such a huge work. So it's so hopeful. It's so hopeful. I've I've been in Romans 5 a lot lately and and in the first 5 verses after Paul goes into how like therefore we now have peace with God through Jesus because we've been justified. He goes in to say like like we're standing in grace and we're boasting in this joy of the glory of God and and this hope. But then he goes on to say, but not only that, we boast in our affliction. We boast in the, in those difficult things and that it leads to endurance and that leads to a strengthened character and that leads to a hope that will not put you to shame as the Lord has poured out his love into you through what he's given you in the Holy Spirit. And I just see that in this story there. That is not something people would say, oh, I want to boast in that. Mm. <laughs> but as you've leaned into the Lord and trusted him, He's proven his glory through your life in such a powerful way. It just makes me think of that verse that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Right. That's what you're doing right now is just, you are saying so that the Lord has done what only he could have done. Wow. And I I want you to talk a little bit to those who are listening that may be single and how, if they were to go read your book, how does this like they may hear this, people who are single may be hearing this conversation think like, okay, I'm about to turn it off because I'm not married or right, right. I don't see myself getting married anytime soon. How would this encourage them or prepare them for marriage um, specifically? Yeah, I think a lot of people who listen, they do hear my story and they're, they they get scared if I'm honest. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't want that yeah. to be my story. And, or maybe it's a newly married couple like you and Josh or um, even someone who's been married five years, 10 years. I think there's that internal like, oh, that tendency to want to just be like, I can't let this happen. How do I prevent this? And, mm-hmm. and so that's part of it that I definitely want to caution people like, my story is not everyone's story. And there's a lot of people who make it through and have healthy, strong, happy, glorious marriages who are faithful to each other. It doesn't mean you won't have hardship. You will. I mean, you're, you're joining two people together and you have to learn to die to self to, in order to make the marriage, um, strong and united, um, with with keeping your same a bit of your autonomy and be, being your own person but it's hard to be married but what i would say to the single person is um use my story um as what not to do for sure um mm. but you know think about the things in your life that could lead you down a path what are you are you feeding your flesh or you living by the spirit and you, you really can't do both. And so a lot of people think, Oh, I've got to, I've got to crucify my flesh, crucify my flesh. And here's what I would say is when we feed the spirit, when we walk by the spirit and allow things to fill our minds and our hearts and our souls, and we do things that build us up, build up the internal part of us, our spirit, our soul. So when it goes, when your flesh is um, not, you know, fed, it will starve. And so that's what I would want to say to the people listening single, I mean, married to, you know, what is in your life 
that could lead you down a path because my husband did not do this in one day. This was a, it was a, a little bit, you know, here's the straight line and it was a little bit. And before you knew it, it was like totally off the rails. So that's Mm -hmm. just, what are you putting in your, what are you feeding yourself with? You know, what are, are you spending time in God's word? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you encouraging yourself? Are you spending time around people who are like-minded, who are, you know, walking with Jesus? So those are the things I would say. And, um, and every day, you know, there's a few things you can do in your marriage, Um, be intentional and make investments every day, every single day. Mm. That's what happens in marriages. That's what happens when they fall apart, people stop being intentional and people stop making investments. That's so true. That's so good. Yep. It makes me think of a time whenever me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, we went on this trip. We did like this two week long trip where we did Bryce Canyon, Grand Canyon. Like we, we had a fun hiking time. And so we were walking tons of miles, like all throughout this, those two weeks. And we were, would wear these sandals. And when, you know, you sometimes get these pebbles stuck in your sandals. And my mom said this, and I have, this was five years ago, never forgotten it. My mom said, you know, this is really how we should treat sin. Whenever just one little pebble would get stuck under between our foot and our sandal, it was so uncomfortable. Like you had to say, hold up folks. Like I got to get this out of my shoe because it just is, it's really messing with my vibe as I walk. But what if we were to treat sin in that way, that even the littlest like toxic thought pattern or just like I could list off things, but they they seem small. It seems like, oh, that's no big deal. Like it's okay. It's not really going to have that great of an impact. And like you said, it's just gradual yeah. and it slowly steals and kills and destroys your life and your joy and your peace. And And just to treat it as a pebble, like that's just very, very encouraging to the single people of, okay, what does my life look like now? Because I can't expect myself to get married and assume that all these bad habits are just going to stop because I'm married now. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) And just making sure that, you know, if you're single and you're, you're you're praying for that person to come along and you want, Mm -hmm. you want to have that life to share uh, or someone to share your life with, you know, look for the person who's doing the same things. Like if you're, if you're growing in your faith and you're feeding your spirit, but then you come along someone who is very attractive and they are not doing the same (laughs) things. And so you think you can come in and kind of play a Jesus to him or be their own Holy spirit. I just want to caution people with that because that's um, that doesn't usually turn out too well. You want someone who's, right next to you running the race. Some days you're ahead of that person. Other days they're ahead of you. It's just that the nature of marriage, we, we build each other up. We lead each other. We help each other. That's, that's, um, that's my biggest encouragement to the, to the single people. That's good encouragement, friend. Can you share with us just some key ways to protect a marriage? Like just on a a practical day-to-day basis, what does it look like to protect your marriage? I think um, there's a lot of things that Chris and I do. The first thing is we are completely honest with each other. And honestly, mm-hmm. we're, we're probably brutally honest. We say the things <laughs> that, you know, you ask the question, honey, does, do I look good in this? 
Um, and if I ask that question, I have to be prepared for him to say, maybe you should try a different outfit. Um, and some women are like, I can't believe he would say that. But look, what we've been through, every mm. honesty is so vital to us. And so I want to make sure that I'm speaking honestly with him and he's doing the same with me. So honesty is very key. Um, like I already said, intentionality, investment, those things every day, that. because what happens with couples is they say, oh, I've fallen out of love with her. Well, that's because you stopped investing. That's because you started looking elsewhere or there's someone at work who maybe, you know, said the right things to you, um, building mm-hmm. each other up encouraging each other, learn, learning each other's love language, uh, making sure you're um, speaking their language. So I speak, you know, if I speak French and my husband speaks Japanese, I have to learn a little, I have to learn how to speak Japanese. He has to learn how to speak French. We have to learn each other's language so that we can meet each other's needs and make the investment Mm -hmm. there. Um, I think another way to protect your marriage is like I mentioned, just what are you doing personally to become the best version, the best Christ following version of yourself. Um, And hopefully your um, significant other or soon to be spouse maybe will, or I guess we're talking Mm -hmm. to married couples. So hopefully your spouse is doing the same. And, and if they are not, this is when you drop to your knees and you Mm -hmm. go to the father on their behalf. So when I said earlier that I knew something was wrong in my marriage for about, it was about a two and a half year period. I didn't, I couldn't, how do you, how do you address something? How do you go to your husband and go, I just know something's wrong because he was just was like, he would have probably back then he would have turned it around on me and said, you just need to get over yourself. You're feeling too much or whatever. But so what I did is I just was on my knees. And so when, when my world came crashing down, when my world fell apart, there was only one I knew to go to. And it was my heavenly father. And that's because I had been going to him for two and a half years. I was virtually, um, virtually alone during that time because I had my husband and the senior pastor were leading together at the church where we were. So um, how do you come and I mean, who do you tell? So those are the things I would say to protect your marriage, you know, invest, be intentional, love Jesus um, and just honor one another. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other things I could say. Yeah, no, that's so, that's so foundational though. That's so encouraging and practical. Cause even like that can even, that kind of goes back to speaking to the single person preparing for me, their heart for marriage. Like, for sure. yeah, I'm, am I, am I committing myself to being just someone of prayer? Am I someone who honors my friends and seeks to serve people and seeks to intentionally invest into the lives of, of others? That's just good. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by. There's something pretty awesome about having clothes that are both comfy and cute. 
And Girlfriend Collective makes their clothes in a way that makes you feel your best in them, no matter what you're doing. Whether you're working out, running day-to-day errands, or you're just chilling at the house having a comfy day. And their products are inclusive, being for sizes extra, extra small to 6XL. And they're great for the planet, being 100% recyclable, which I think is pretty spectacular. And for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is providing for first-time customers a 20% off of purchases, $100 or more, when you go to girlfriend.com slash Emma. That's 25% off of purchases, $100 or more, when you go to girlfriend.com slash Emma. That's girlfriend.com slash Emma. Okay, this is a tough I think a tough subject, but I think it's such a freeing thing whenever we walk in it, at, like according to what the word of the Lord says. And that is the topic of forgiveness. And so I want to hear you just talk about what does that process of moving forward look like and talk to us about what you have learned about forgiveness and what do you do whenever you know God says to forgive as you have been forgiven, but whenever your feelings aren't meeting your desire to obey that command. Oh, that is so the truth about forgiveness. We want, um, we know we should forgive and our feelings just do not play well. They do not do the right thing. <laughs> So for me, and this is probably odd, maybe for some listeners to hear, but it was actually easier for me to forgive Chris than many would think. The part that tripped me up was, how do I trust him again? Does that make sense? So That makes so much sense. Yeah, but let's do talk about forgiveness. Um, For me, I take um, God's word very seriously, and um, Mm -hmm. I recognize that you know, how, how do I have been forgiven of so much from my heavenly father and how in the world or what makes me think I have the right to withhold forgiveness from someone else. And here's what happens is as humans, we, we put sin in categories, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We say, Oh, that's just a little sin. Oh, that's a, that's a big sin. Um, Here's the thing. Consequences on earth, totally accurate. The little sins, the gossip, um, the speeding down the road without getting caught. There are things that may not have a big consequence, murder, um, fraud, those things, bigger consequences. But what happens in God's sight is like, he doesn't look at my gossip that I, let's say I'm participating in gossip every day. And he doesn't go, oh, you know what? That's okay. Cindy's fine. She's not, at least she's not committing so adultery. At least she's not murdering someone. God, uh, all of it falls short of his glory, like we learn in Mm -hmm. Romans 3.23. And so that's what I would say about just changing your mindset because, and this might step on some toes, but sometimes if we think that um, it's very arrogant for us to think that our sin is okay and someone else's isn't. like I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, that's so true. It is. And we tend to, this is what we do. We look at someone else and we judge them by their actions. And then we look at ourselves and we judge ourselves by our intentions. So I look at that person over there. I Mm -hmm. cannot believe that person did that or they stole, they didn't pay their taxes or whatever it was. And then I look at me and I'm like, well, I didn't really mean to. 
you know? And so we give, we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, but we would never give someone else the benefit of the doubt. Traffic is the perfect example. Let me explain. We can be so mean on the road when someone needs to merge over, maybe because they didn't realize their lane was ending, right? But then when we um, need to merge over, we're like, well, I didn't mean to, right? So that's what I'm talking about, this whole judging people by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions. And I think that is key to forgiveness. And so, you know, where I am now with my husband is so, you know, back in the early days of marriage, I mean, we did our fair share of trying to wound each other. It's pretty common. We feel attacked. We want to wound. We want to blame. Um, Now, when he says something that I might take an offense to or might get my feelings hurt, I can honestly tell you that I do not think for one second that my husband wants to hurt me. I believe his intentions are pure, Mm -hmm. although sometimes his actions don't line up. But I don't think for a minute he's like, I'm going to see what I can say to wound my wife's heart. And so I give him the benefit of the doubt. And so when things do happen and he says something, I might say, hey, I know you didn't mean to hurt me. But when you said this, it stung. Um, I just wanted to share that with you because I don't want there to be any rift between the two of us. So that's that's kind of where, you know, we've been on our journey of forgiveness. And so I don't know. you know, there's a lot of people who struggle with forgiving because, you know, they've been wounded deeply. And I definitely want to be sensitive to people who have been um, molested, um, sexually assaulted, you know, betrayed in human, you know, these ways that we can't even imagine. Um, But I would just say, seek out that forgiveness of them um, so that you can be free. Um, But remember, just because we forgive someone doesn't mean we have to be reconciled into a relationship with them again if it's someone uh, you know some kind of perpetrator or something like that so or even you know I could have I I could have walked away from my marriage but I still would have needed to forgive my husband so that I could live free and honor Jesus yes yes Cindy this is so this is so encouraging and I really think that this will be a blessing to people like not only in marriages but also just in your friendships or in relationships with your family? Like, what does it look like to move forward in forgiveness, knowing that that's like, knowing that healing from that is a process, but that I actually can and I'm called. I like I, God commands that we, we forgive. It makes me think of this parable. Um, I believe it's in Matthew where this man, he has like this really, really big debt to pay back to the king. And the king, he like brings him in and he's like, hey, like until you pay back this debt, this is what's going to have to happen to you. And the, the man is just, this is very much of an Emma paraphrase, right. but the the man is like, like, please, like, please be merciful to your servant. And like, I just was really like begging his case. And the king is so gracious and extends like such mercy to him and says, don't like, don't worry about it. Your, your debt is, is taken care of. You are forgiven for not paying it. And then very short time after the man who had just been forgiven, his debt had been taken care of he has someone who has yet to pay him. And so somebody else is indebted to him, but he goes and 
there is no ounce of grace, no ounce of mercy that he shows to this man. And he ends up getting like, it, the king's like, dude, did you not just have any gratitude that not only you received, but you were able to extend to those who were indebted to you as well. And he ends up like in a really bad predicament because right. of of how he responded. But I think that that's just so, so encouraging to see that just that picture of because I have been forgiven by God, I now am compelled by the love of Christ to go and forgive other people, even whenever it may not make sense to, to my human understanding, but it doesn't make sense in my own human understanding for God to forgive me either. So like always having that humble heart posture and awareness of God's mercy and grace extended to you, it never fails to just create such a perspective whenever you see other people who wound you or or hurt you because you're able to just refer back to the Lord. It's so, it's so helpful. I love that. Thank you for speaking on that because that isn't something that's easy to to talk about much more so walk through. So thank you. And I also, I, I want to ask you, what is your, what is your hope for those who pick up this book and read it? What is, what is your heart for the people who walk through what you've written? You know, it's been my heart for all these years, honestly, is that people will um, recognize that yes, betrayal, um, infidelity, you know, in marriage, um, I do believe that scripture, um, supports, you can walk away from your marriage. Um, I know that there are people who don't and that's okay. I'm not here for a theological debate, but just for <laughs> me, I, I do believe that that is something that is spoken to, but I also believe that when two people are willing to do whatever it mm-hmm. takes, it is an opportunity for forgiveness and restoration, um, and that's what I want people to see. I want here, and I want people to hear that they're not alone. I want people, I want, uh, let, I'm going to speak to the wives who might be listening or reading. I want them to understand that just because their spouse acted out on them doesn't mean they're not attractive, doesn't mean they're not lovely, uh, doesn't mean they're not enough. Yeah. Uh, those are all things I felt. Um, and I can't really speak to what a husband would feel if a wife is unfaithful, because I'm not a man, but I would just say you are enough. I do know that men, that is their identity to want to feel like, you know, are they respected? Are they enough? Are they, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, I I want people to feel like there's hope. I mean, that's at the end of the day, there's hope that your marriage can be what my book talks about is better than new, that that is behind it. I want people to see that just because you have um, experienced a, you know, a a marriage threatening blow does not mean that Mm -hmm. there's not hope for you. So um, yeah. And you know, people who are um, reading my book who have not been through kind of any kind of marriage betrayal, I want them to, to fight and stay together and work on things so that they don't find themselves in this kind of situation. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very encouraging. And you you noted earlier about how um, in regard to forgiveness, because you didn't just look at his action and your intention. So you, just you talked about how that that went about in your own heart so beautifully. But I, I want you to talk about what rebuilding trust looks mm-hmm. like, because you acknowledge that that was the harder aspect for you in your journey. 
what does that look like? Because I know sometimes just relationships with my girlfriends can yes, can yes. be a tough one. Sometimes your relationship with your parents can be a tough one. Like mm-hmm. there are just sometimes little things that can chip away at trust um, being established in a relationship. And so on this scale within your marriage, how did that practically get rebuilt? Yeah. So I remember when I was trying to decide if I was going to stay married and mm-hmm. um, I just was praying, God, wow. I need to hear from you. God, what do I do? God, how do I stay married? God, you know, all these questions. And I just felt that God was saying, do you trust me? And I'm like, well, of course I trust you. You know, I'm having this dialogue in my head and I'm like, yes, I trust you. But And I kept thinking, oh, is this it? Is this what God is saying that all I have to do is trust him? I don't have to trust my husband right now. And so I'm like, ooh, I don't know how I want to answer this, God. So, I mean, it's just kind of this silly dialogue with God. And he's probably like, okay, Cindy, you know, you've trusted me. Let's keep trusting me. So really what it came down to was God saying, do you trust me? And when I finally said, yeah, I do trust you. And I almost, I just, I almost felt like he was like, I'll take it from here. Now, it didn't mean I had to, didn't have to do work and I didn't have to trust him and I didn't have to do hard things, yeah. but like, just saying, okay, God, you're the only one who's never let me down. Like when I think of all the people in my life who are trustworthy to me that I, I can stand on what they're going to do or say, like they're still imperfect people. You know, they're still humans. And as humans, we have this problem. It's called our humanity. And it causes us to fall and say things we shouldn't say and do things we shouldn't do. Even if it's not like on a grand scale, we still, you know, let our friend down. We still let our brother down and we still disappoint our parents. Now that could be an expectation thing. And that's a whole different story. But Hmm. for me, trusting was trusting God first. Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Hmm. Then say, trust in your mother or your brother, your husband, your wife, or your pastor says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what that has allowed me to do is trusting in God has allowed my trust in my husband to build because when my husband is walking in the spirit, when he is, um, when I see fruit in his life, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. When I see that in his life, it's easy for me to trust him. When I see him walking by the flesh, that's when I'm like, okay, okay. I get a little nervous or something, but for the most part, it's, it's learn knowing that I do not have to trust my husband 100% or any other human 100%, but only God. It has allowed me to show them grace when they do mess up. Now, I really hope and pray Chris never messes up like this again. And to this day, he has not, praise God. But I also just recognize he's still a human. He's still a human being. Yeah. So um, so trust is an interesting thing because we as humans want that person on earth that we can say, without a doubt, I trust you. And I'm, and what we're essentially saying to that person is, I know you'll never let me down. And so for me, it freed me to be okay when Chris would, you know, say something to hurt my feelings um, or disappoint me by not reading my mind like we women want our husbands to do. <laughs> um, so I hope that kind of helps, but it was definitely it a process and I can tell you now that I really do trust him, but I trust his intentions. Could his actions still fail me from time to time? Sure. 
but I trust my husband's heart. He does not want to hurt me. And that is what I know for sure. Um, and then I just trust God with all the rest, you know. I love this theme throughout our conversation in the midst of talking about forgiveness and talking about rebuilding trust and talking about preparing for stepping into a marriage relationship. All of it is like, where are you at with the Lord? Where are you at with the Lord? Who is the Lord? What has he done for you? Who does he say you are? Like it all, like that's so, so rich and good whenever like we have an undivided heart that fears his name we're relying on his truth as you brought up that we're trusting in him with all of our heart not leaning on our own understanding going back to him and letting his word and his spirit determine what next step we take and how we respond to this next person and how we view the situation that we're in it's a game changer and I just really admire and love how you continue to refer back to and I I truly believe that that's that's a testament to the sweet strong place that you're in with your husband it it makes me think I think it's in Psalm 124 and it says if it had not been for the Lord let Israel say, if it had not been for the Lord, then our enemies would have crushed us. And it goes into all of these terrible things so that would have good. happened to the Israelites. Yeah. And that's what I hear in your story is, and that's what I hear in every believer's story is if it had not been for the Lord, I would not be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thank you for continuing, not only in our conversation, but just through your life and through your marriage. Thank you for continuing to go back to the Lord. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think about that. Um, I love that you shared that verse. So I'm, I'm going to look it up and study that. But um, just I think about Peter. I remember, I don't remember the whole context of the story, but um, Jesus basically, he's talking about other people who have left Jesus, left him, you know, and, and he looks at his followers, his disciples, and he was like, you know, are you going to leave too? I think that was, I'm paraphrasing again mm. here, but, and then I just, and, and Peter's like, well, where else would we go? Like we have, like you're the yeah. number one option. And so I, I think that's a, that's kind of where I am. Like what other option do I have? You know, um, people mm-hmm. typically run, do one of two things when hard things happen in their lives, they run from God and they run to him. And what's sad is they think that then when they run to God, that they're somehow, um, oh, they have to be okay with what happened to them. And that's just not true. You don't have to be okay with what ha- I wasn't okay with what happened. I asked God a lot of questions. I, I, I asked questions of God without questioning him. If that makes sense. Like I just said, I don't, oh, I love that you just <laughs> said that. I mean, that's just where I was. I was like, I don't understand, but I trust you. So that's, yeah, I, that's I asked him questions but I still trusted in his sovereignty. I trusted in his love for me. I hope that um, makes sense there. So um, yeah, I, at the end of the day, when, when my life ends on this earth, um, there's only one thing that really matters. And it's, am I still walking with Jesus? And I don't, I want that to be my legacy beyond being an amazing wife, great mother, wonderful grandma. I mean, wonderful past. I mean, all those things, Nothing matters to me but to finish the race that has been set before me. And so that's my, that's what I strive to do every day. And I don't always succeed, but I'm still going, still striving. Wow. Well, out of your heart 
the mouth speaks and it's evident that that is what you're about because your words are just that's what your that's what your words are filled with is it's about him and so I see it um I have just one more question for you regarding people who may be walking through a difficult time in their marriage regarding people who may just want to take action steps as to how they can be proactive and protect their marriage what resources would you share would you share so that they can go and invest it of course including healing your marriage when trust is broken (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean the biggest thing is you know there's so many ways that you can invest in your marriage you can do invest you can invest even just starting at home there are so many things you can watch online you can do little marriage courses um, that that help you and your spouse. Um, you can obviously counseling is is key, but I do know that in this day and age where we are, um, counselors are really backed up. It's really hard to get in to see them because there's so much um, crisis in our world. Um, mm-hmm. So find a couple that you respect their marriage. Spend ask if you can spend time with them. And here's the thing: you've got to oh, be vulnerable. You got to be vulnerable about where your marriage is like, what is the condition of your marriage? And if your spouse says it's fine, but you think it's not, you've both got to listen to each other. You, you come to your marriage with a particular lens and how you see things. So respect each other's lens, even if you don't agree with it, it's just where we are as couples. So, I mean, counseling, I mean, mentoring, reading books, listening to books, going to a um, some kind of marriage getaway. Their focus, focus on the family does these marriage intensives, they call them. Um, you can go to their website and find it. But like they're on intimacy, on communication, on so many different topics, and you go somewhere. And, you know, if you, it, it can be uh, pricey, but what are you willing to invest in your marriage is what I would say. So yeah. there's a lot of things. But again, I will always go back to intentionality and investment. So when your marriage is not Hear doing that, well, folks. intention out the two eyes, just remember intentionality and investment. Are you being intentional? Are you willing to invest in? Are you investing? You guys, investing is so easy. Like it's just me doing one nice thing for Chris a day. It's me sending him one sweet text a day. It's me letting him know I respect him. I'm thankful for him. I appreciate him working hard for our family and making sure the car is running and the air conditioner unit is working well, you know? So it's just investing and being intentional. Those are two key component components um, in a successful marriage. Wow. Investment and intentionality. That's like a life principle. That can really do you good in any relationship. That's awesome. So if I I just love you. I would love if you would share with people where they can find out more about you, where they can um, just stay in, in touch with you, where they can buy your book, all that good stuff. Yeah. So obviously I have a website, cindybeal.com. It's not really that fancy. It's just kind of a landing page, but <laughs> obviously social media, uh, my handle on Instagram, that's mostly where I am is Cindy Beal. And um, I would just say, Amazon is probably the easiest place. I do know that um, I think the publisher is getting in the process of working the links when you search because it still goes to my old book right now. So just make sure you're looking for um, a new, it's a lighter kind of colored um, cover instead of a red and blue one. So um, I know that's kind of detailed, but yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. So yeah, yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Well, incredible. Y'all be sure and it, whether it's you buying healing your marriage when trust is broken or um, someone is on currently on your heart or on your mind and you can see it as a great idea to to give it to somebody. Um, and y'all, I just really, really appreciate you tuning in today. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't. Comment down below something you learned, a takeaway, and what else you would like to see in the future that's talked about, who you would like to have on, um, being interviewed. And if you are listening via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share it with all of your people, and know that I love you. Go get your merch for the fall collection you are loved it is on the mma collection instagram page also have you heard podcast instagram page is the official podcast um instagram where you can get all the updates and you can stay in tune with just my day-to-day life and all those sweet things on my instagram page first corinthians 13 underscore love i'm so thankful for you i'm so excited about what the lord has in store for you today and i will talk to you next week Bye, guys. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast. And don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.